Welcome back, everybody, to the Star Wars podcast. Today, we are recapping episode one of What If? And we're going to be talking about spoilers and everything. And you know what? I'll go ahead and say, I feel like I feel like we should always say it. Uh, we're going to be talking about all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, like if you're listening to this podcast, we just assume you're up to date. So, uh, yeah, we'll be talking about all that good stuff. And I hope you join us along the way. Uh, and I, I'm joined... I'm joined by a man. This is this is a guy that I call whenever I need someone to push a button. It's Tommy Pizzullo. How's it going, Tommy? I'm good. I was just going to ask, did you want me to stay down here, or did you want me to go up to the gallery um, to watch the podcast? Like, now I'm scared to do anything, right? Because yeah. anything I do could uh, could create an alternate world. That's the Fulker moment right there. I mean, uh, it's just just one liner, and I, I really liked that aspect of the like. Uh, and I hope that that really is like what we're getting into with the series. It's like, here is something we're all familiar with. But if this one little thing happened differently, this is how it would go. And uh, look, I'm just going to say up top, uh, I'm all in. You know, I, I heard some mixed reviews coming into this. Um, I, I feel like some people were too down on this. I, uh, Tommy, th- this this might be one of my favorite premieres that we've talked about. Yeah, and I think it's because it doesn't have high stakes yet, right? Like, it's like going into What If, uh, giving a little bit of a history lesson. We've talked about it, but I'll I'll say it now. What If comes from the comics. There was a What If comic, and it was basically Marvel's way of being like, hey, here's these What If scenarios. We can create more content, and it'll be fun to, like, think, like, what if, you know, Gwen gets bit instead of, Peter Parker and becomes Spider-Gwen like stuff like that came like what if like Thor was a frog like things like that were in the what if series uh and Marvel zombies and and so this coming into the TV show I think why I was super hyped for it probably one of the ones I was most excited for is like as a comic book nerd this is the stuff I'm gonna love like the Loki episode I loved was the one where they just there was no consequences really, so they could really dive into those comic book Easter eggs. And I feel like that's what What If can do as well. Dive into those references to the old movies, um, really play with like the Easter eggness of this universe they've created. Yeah, and, and we're talking about like the shows that we've covered, right? Uh, and I think about like w- which ones have like had the best beginning middle and end and i think wandavision is probably the best example of that falcon and Winter soldier too but i feel like it just wasn't executed as well um loki w- was a bit more open-ended and i think that's uh by design uh loki, but that be, yeah. loki had a better middle i think out of like all of them loki loki <laughs> loki got better in that middle portion where it was like oh shoot like this is getting legit and i the other ones did as well but i think loki really uh, push that middle. But I think that's what I'm going to love about this series is it's not it's not going to have that structure. And in fact, we're going to get that beginning, middle, and end structure in every single episode. Like we're going to get that setup. We're going to get the the fun action scenes, and then we're going to get the 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 climax and the resolution. And like it's just as simple as that. It's it's not really worried about too much else. And I'll say this: I've mentioned before. I, I I've written indie comics and and the struggle of being an indie comics writer is the fact that it's really hard to find an artist to team up with right now i I could for say go hire an artist pay a lot of money and have my and my script made but it's not really a partnership it's not really a collaboration and frankly i'm not super rich so it's hard to do so when you're an indie comics creator and you're wanting experience in the field what you do is you create short comic books with other artists and so what I've had to learn how to do as a writer is create stories that have that are very brief, that have a beginning, middle and end and make you satisfied. And I think that's what this is all about. And I think I have like a special connection to like these short type stories. And I know like some of the complaints could be like this was very rushed. There's like a lot of montages like uh, it. it I, I get that. I get that. But then again, this is what I'm used to. This is like my home turf. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, I think the thing with the short forms is, like, there's no pressure on them, you know? Like, no one's going into What If and being like, all right, What If series, you need to come in here and you need to really wow us. We need that twist ending. We need something big. I don't think anyone needs that. If they do something, great. If it feels like it belongs. But I think what's fun about this is we can kind of go in with, like, 
with a friendliness and with like a positivity of like, Hey, anything's better than nothing kind of attitude. Yeah. And I, I, I think the, the initial question we get, right. What if, uh, what if uh, uh, Peggy Carter becomes captain America or, or a super soldier for that matter. And, and I think that is like the interesting question, but it's, that's what I'm loving about this first episode is that's not the only question because there is more of a twist in there somewhere. Cause it's, because yes, you're getting the question. You're getting. You're experiencing what it would be like if if Peggy Carter was was a super soldier. But it's also like the answer to the what if, right? What would actually happen? And I think it's cool because we see an alternate timeline for Steve Rogers, and we kind of see what would it would be like if uh, Peggy Carter got sucked into a vortex and came out in modern times. So. Uh, yeah, I, I'm all about this. I love this. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? Is like, I th- and they do such a good job with the intro, but it's like, it's a prism, right? Because, like, one question leads to more questions, to more, and like, it just keeps expanding. And I think that's the thing with Captain Carter is like, there's a lot of places they hit. It wasn't just Captain America, but with Peggy Carter, it took completely different uh, takes. It had, it had a completely different story. Yes, there was elements of the original, but it was not a cookie cutter replacement. Yeah. It's like you had, uh, it's you, you had all the, the characters there still, right? Like in that situation, like the people aren't changing, but it's more so like how the people are affected. And and that, I think that's, what's really fascinating. Uh, Tommy, I want to ask you about this. What, what do you think of the watcher? So the watcher uh, is kind of a uh, kind of, it seems like they're serving as the narrator of this series. Uh, well, what do you think about all this? I like what they did with the Watcher. Like the, I like the Watcher in general. You know, it's a, it's an interesting character. The idea of someone who literally is like, I cannot interfere. I am here just to observe, be a scribe at least, essentially. I like the like spacey version of the Watcher. Uh, I I can't remember if we've seen this version in the comics. The one that I'm very familiar with, we've seen actually in Guardians of the Galaxies two. I think we've talked about this, like uh, the one with Stan Lee. Those like bald men with cows and stuff. Those were the Watchers, uh, and I think this is the best version. This more uh, ominous, uh, you know, more mysterious version of the Watcher. I don't need like an old man. <laughs> with a bald head and like he's wearing a diaper like i don't i don't need that look for my watcher <laughs> yeah and uh the watcher's voiced by jeffrey wright which jeffrey wright is in he's in westworld he's in the hunger games he, he's in all kinds of stuff and, and, and in my eyes jeffrey wright can do no wrong and it just sounds like he is like like i, I feel like it, he really cares about what he's doing and he understands the importance of it and i, I think that's really special so a uh, big fan of all that yeah, and you know what it gave me the beginning. It really made me feel like a like a superhero Twilight Zone. Yes, I like that. That's a good comparison. Like he's like, we're going to go into these different timelines, and you're going to see these what if scenarios. Like it really felt like that intro where I, like I am, you know, ride. I'm here to lead you along the way, but just call me Watcher. Like that's how it felt. Both yeah, in the beginning and the end, like he brings it, like he wraps it up at the end too with like a narration. Yeah, I, I thought he was gonna just kick us off, but he kept chiming in, which I was down for. So. Do you think we'll see more slash get more information on the Watchers' backstory? You know, I'm not too familiar with what his involvement is in the comics, right? Like, I, I don't know, like if I should expect that he like comes to earth and actually plays a role, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if it goes in that direction, but uh, you know, gun to my head based on just like what we got, it would feel a little weird if he, if he did intervene in any way, mainly yeah. because again, he just says that he wouldn't. And also like, it's almost fourth wall breaking because he is like the narrator. So it would be, it would be a little strange for any other interference in that way. The biggest thing I could see happening is like, what if like a King, came in at like the end and took out the watcher and that's like we've now been introduced to watcher we got all this stuff and then it still ties in but it still keeps the what if kind of its own thing but now we just know that the watcher is dead he's gone look if you're telling me we can get kang up in here i'm not gonna fight you you can kill the watcher i'll take kang all day such a big kang fan now look how the tables are turned man oh yes i love it uh another one another thing i want to ask you about uh 
Tommy, because, you know, I know you're more familiar with the comic books, especially the what if comics. And I'm curious, like it, what what in this episode is connected in any way? Right. I mean, is there any sort of uh, uh, Captain UK type stuff in the comics or is this all a creation of the show? You know, like this version was a creation. There is like Britain has their own superheroes. Um, let me see quickly if I can find the name of one, but there definitely is like some sort of like Captain Britain or Captain UK or something like that already in existence. Yeah, and I, I fit. I mean, I figured there had to be right, um, but I guess I, yeah, more so. I was just curious, like. It is like the Captain America story explored at all and, and what if, right? Yeah, uh, Captain Britain is is a superhero in Britain. Uh, that's what I was thinking. But yeah, I mean, it's completely different. And I did like that they paid homage to the fact that like she is British and they didn't just make her wear an American costume. Like I, I think that was right in the moment. Yeah, no, that, that was all good. Um So let's talk about, let's talk about like the birth of Captain Carter because this... Uh, again, we have that Fulker moment that we kind of talked about. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought this was like, and one thing that kind of struck me like almost immediately here and in, in, like this first scene is this show is, and maybe I've been like babied by the Bad Batch, but this show feels a lot more adult <laughs> than uh, the than the Bad Batch or, or any of the Star Wars TV shows or animated shows for that matter. So um yeah i was kind of yeah what, what do you think about like they shot steve rogers like that was yeah. like dang i was like dang like did he just like are they gonna kill him so what was the the difference was she wasn't up in the gallery was she able I, you know i haven't watched captain america in a while was she able to see it from above so she was able to react sooner was that like why this went down the way it did here you know or was it just like one of those situations where it's like it didn't matter where she went it just mattered that something changed in this timeline you know yeah, yeah, I think it just mattered that that there was someone else there that was willing to fulfill that role. Gotcha. I think that like uh, that that was the big the big difference there. But yeah, I mean, Steve Steve gets shot. Listen though, couldn't we just put Steve back in the thing? Like, is it like now that he's wounded, he maybe like he won't survive? Maybe that's the th throw him in there. Give him the superhero soldier serum, anyways yeah uh but i don't know good because uh like uh i feel like this kind of turned out better for the better right because i like not that peggy carter couldn't accomplish what steve rogers does later on in the episode but it just doesn't happen in and the original so instead we get we get captain carter and we'll find out later what steve rogers becomes but uh look i think that's like a better path for both of them right well yeah but okay in our universe, Peggy doesn't get a fun new suit when she becomes the sidekick. But oh, Steve gets—we get the man a suit, but the but Peggy just gets to stay as just Peggy, the agent with great skills. But we don't give her anything special. I'm on to you. That that's messed up. Yeah, you know, we kind of been basically since WandaVision, right? Since like the early commercials that were in WandaVision, we kind of been on the sexist watch, right? And we get some more uh, sexism in this episode. Um, and it was like very like, like I get it. Like this is how people talked back then. And it's very uncomfortable. But it's like, again, we're watching like an animated show. Like, I don't know. I was kind of figuring like this would be something like I'd be able to watch with my kids a little more. And they're just like, you're nothing but a woman. It's like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I just think those are the points you had to hit with like Peggy Carter's whole thing is like her uh, being, being, uh, going over the top, top to combat against men putting her down, right? Like her whole thing is men constantly tell her, you shouldn't be an agent. Like you shouldn't be part of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like especially if you ever watch the Agent Carter show, they dive into that as well, where it's like she has to like go behind closed doors essentially to get things done because she can't be seen taking these like big leadership roles. But I agree with you. It was like very serious right off the bat. Like there wasn't, there was jokes, but it wasn't like, like as comical as I think people expected it to be coming in. 
Yeah, and it was almost like, well, even in WandaVision, like, again, it was more like a reflection of the times. It wasn't really a joke, but the guy was saying it in, like, a goofy way. Yeah. And this was, like, like more direct. It was just like, uh, you can't do this. It's this like, guy, Yeah, this guy's the worst. I will say, I don't know if it's because this was animated or or because, like, Peggy Carter was already probably, like, a strong uh, woman. Uh, I was I was more underwhelmed by her transformation than I was of Steve's. I think because there's like a, 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 a bigger gap, right? Like Steve is like this small, puny little boy. And then he becomes Captain America. And like Peggy was already pretty strong. <laughs> like, And maybe because it's anime too. But I had that thought when she came out and they're like, oh, look at her. And like, she doesn't look that different. Like, she's- yeah, she was like, she was like, she was like pretty, like she had muscle before, and then like she came out, and like the muscles were just like toned a little bit. Like that yeah. was, I was just like, I was almost like, did, did anything change? Uh, so, yeah, no, but yeah, that was awesome, and and yeah, I do love like the little jokes here of like, well, at least you aren't like they could have made you go on stage uh, on those U.S. stage doing those uh, performances. And it's like, ah, Steve, you had to do that in another timeline. You don't even know. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be poking. I, I like that. They're going to be poking a lot of fun at uh, the other movies, which uh, I'm all about. Uh, let's do it. Tear them apart. Yeah. yeah, and it's interesting, right? Like, we get this just like Steve. And I think we're going to be comparing the two a lot. Um, just like Steve in our universe, she was basically pushed aside by the government. They were basically like, we, we don't want you we don't you know you may be a superhero now but that doesn't mean we want you part of this army and i think like it is interesting in that both situations they were treated as nobodies yeah so here's a here's a question for you um why is howard stark so much cooler than tony stark I really like Stark in this series. And he's so much cooler than he is in like Iron Man 2. Like a, like it's like there's a there's a grace period. It's like the Howard Stark in the Captain America uh time period is so fun. Dominic, he's so good, such a good actor. And and not that the other guy isn't a good actor, but you get this like more serious great like what happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> but I agree, Howard's great. Except I do love that like they're like, how are you going? And he's like, oh no. Like, I'm not, I'm not putting that serum in my body. Yeah, I gotta say, like, the team that kind of, like, is assembled in this episode is, is a lot of fun. And, I like, I could have been down for a whole series of Captain Carter and, and the Hydra Stomper and Howard Stark. And, uh, uh, yeah, that like, I, I was all about their little dynamic. Yeah. I mean, listen, if people do like Carter, the show wasn't bad. Like, it, it doesn't get a lot of praise, and it was never given a full series. I think it was always a mini series, and it lasted a couple seasons. But uh, if you love, like, this kind of shtick, like, Howard's in there, uh, Peggy's in there, they even have Jarvis, and he's really funny. Like, it's it's a pretty fun show. That's awesome. Yeah, so I, I want to ask you about this. Uh, this is kind of, like, just kind of stop down here because – it's going to be interesting to track. Like, I'm sure it's all out there. I haven't dug too deep into it, but it's interesting to kind of figure out like why some actors got to reprise their roles and others did not. Did were they willing to take less money? Um, I I heard that I know Drac shows up in a future future episode, and Dave Batista mentioned that he wasn't even asked to do it. So it, again, it's kind of like, are these like, like for instance, we get Sebastian Stan in this episode and, and I believe he's the only returning voice. So I, I don't know what that says. Well, does that mean anything to you? You know, the, there could be a million reasons. Um, I find in the entertainment industry, a lot of times time is a big factor, um, especially with like COVID and, and what we've been doing with that. Maybe they just couldn't get people out to do the voice act. That's what I would like to believe. maybe it's more maybe it has to do with money maybe it has to do with 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 things like that but um yeah i think it is interesting that we don't see more people um doing their voice acting i think the big one that people are excited for is uh chadwick boseman obviously that's like the big one that this is his final you know acting career thing that they got before he passed away sadly 
Yeah, that, that's uh, we're we're in for a treat with that stuff. It's very special that we're going to get chat with Bozeman in the future. Um, so uh, that, that's going to be like almost emotional because it is like the like they've confirmed this is like the last work he did before he passed. And, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited about that. Yeah, because I don't expect to see like I think they have some things for Black Panther too, but I don't. I think they've said like we're just not going to touch that with him. Like we don't want to do that whole like recreating, you know, <laughs> off off certain things and bring him in. Like there, I think if we see him, it's going to be like an image maybe, but that's about it in Black Panther too. Yeah, yeah. So um, let's. Uh, so I gotta say, I'll, I'll say this. So I, I watched the episode twice. First time by myself. The second time. I did decide to watch with my my <laughs> my kids, and uh, look. So I gotta say, especially this next fight scene coming up, with uh, which kind of like takes on the trucks. Um, my son Mikey loved it. He was dying of laughter. Like uh, it was probably the funniest thing he's ever seen. Just watching uh, Peggy Carter kick some butt here. And I, I, in all seriousness, like I thought that like the action in this super inventive, a lot of fun. Um, I mean, I know it's animated. You could probably do a lot more when it comes to that stuff. You know, it's not as hard as like those physical stunts. But I mean, this is like some of the coolest stuff we've seen from from any of these shows. Yeah, and it was cool too. Like I think what I like I was saying, like Red Skull had a whole different plan. It's a whole different timeline. Like we see the Tesseract way earlier get into uh, the U.S. hands than they do with Captain America. Like I think that's interesting. Even Red Skull's plan. I mean, it's not some giant death ray. It's some tentacle monster. It's a, it's a high, like a kraken almost. Uh, and I think that that's interesting too, uh, that there were still like so many differences. And I think with this like truck scene, I agree with you. Like the fighting was great. Like Peggy, like I think the thing too about Peggy that's so fun. And the same way that Steve is too, is like they enjoy, like you can feel that Peggy enjoys being Captain America. Like you can, feel that from both the ag- actress and also just the character as a whole like she's having a field day doing this yeah again I've, I've said it before i'm a big indiana jones guy james bond um anytime that i could see nazis get their butts kicked like i'm all about it so that yeah she, she just like that would be me like if i had those powers and i could kick some nazi butt like uh like yeah. that just be grinning ear to ear and, and wisecracking jokes and yeah it'd be awesome yeah, and, and again, it's fun to see the counter that, like, both Steve and her defied their officers to go work with Howard and get in there and do a plan. Uh, I think that's fun. It, I, it was two different missions. Like, in, in Steve's mission, he saved the uh, the prisoner, saved uh, uh, Bucky. And uh, we don't see Peggy do that for a little bit, I think, like, one mission later. But still interesting to see that correlation. Yes. Um, yeah, so I want to talk about, um, I want to talk about the Hydra Stomper, because this was one, like, I've gone back and I've seen the trailers now, and the Hydra Stomper is in the trailers with Peggy Carter. I didn't pick up on it, like, I did not expect this coming at all. Uh, I don't know if if you saw this coming, but I, I was, I was all about it. I didn't see it coming, and it's something for me that, like, I don't know if I, I do love it as, like, just, like, a, when I don't think too hard about it. I'm like, it's great. But, like, I feel like, again, this is a different timeline and different stuff. But I feel like the whole thing with, like, Tony and Iron Man 2 is, like, Howard had some of this technology and couldn't – they didn't have the – they weren't as futuristic at the time to make suits, Iron Man suits. And that's basically what he does. He makes an Iron Man suit. It's like, well, like, you couldn't do it in our timeline. What changed here? (laughs) Uh, yeah, I didn't really consider that because I just thought it was so cool. That That's a good point. Uh, and it is super cool. Like, I am looking at this with, like, a big tele- or a telescope. Like, it is such a – and that's the thing, like, I don't think we need to be too thorough about it because it is a different world and all that stuff, right? Like, I, when you think about it, you're like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, and I think, like, I can excuse that with the fact that, again, this was just, like uh, – I mean, how how long from from that Fulker moment to like the end of this episode did we really have? You know, like uh, I feel like, and a lot of it was rushed through. We get a lot of montages. Like I, I, I mean, a lot could have happened that we didn't see as well. Uh, I think we can kind of excuse that stuff more than ever in a, in a show like this that's covering like a basically yeah. like a movie's length of time. 
we're getting like the spark notes. Like this is like his watchers giving us his like we went online www.watchersparknotes.com and he's giving us his version of these timelines because I think what you're saying is right. Like this is a whole movie's worth that they're trying to fit into you know less than an hour. So uh, I agree with you. Somewhere Howard found the missing piece that he could create this technology. Yeah. I got a lot of Iron Giant vibes from uh, the Hydra yeah. Stopper. Or a Bruce Banner in uh, in Infinity Wars where he's in the, the Hulk Smasher suit. Like, that definitely felt that vibe. Um, yeah. And it, yeah. Yeah, the Hulk Smasher, we get Iron Giant, and then, like, the first iteration of the Iron Man suit as well. Like, it's kind of like a, a hodgepodge of all that stuff. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it's cool. And I like that they did dive a little bit into the Steve of it all because it's something I was thinking about, like, how does Steve feel? Like, obviously he's happy for Peggy, but like this was supposed to be him. And they do discuss that. And I'm glad they did. Cause they're like, man, that'd be a bitter pill to swallow. Like this was supposed to be, and now I have to settle for, you know, I get a cool suit now, but I'm still just this inferior man inside a suit. Like it's like, he's, he needs to get out of that mindset. Steve, you're not inferior. Remember you got the heart. There was that whole scene. You got the heart. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's all about it's all about the heart. And and what I really found special about this, and I'm glad it wasn't glossed over, right, is the fact that the, that Peggy and Steve still have a connection, right? And it kind of just con- confirms that Peggy wasn't all about Steve for like the uh, amazing uh, superhero like uh, <laughs> uh, yes. attributes that he has, right? I do think in this timeline they could have like got together and kissed way sooner. Like it seemed like they were like mutually attracted. They were not hiding it from each other. So I don't understand were they just waiting till after the war? Was that the thought process? Um, I you, like in the in the Captain America, like it makes sense. You know, he was flirting with the secretary. She got mad. There was a constant will they, won't they? Here it seemed pretty obvious they were into each other. Yeah, maybe maybe that's what it took. Uh, maybe maybe Steve was the one that was more skeptical in in the original timeline. Like, oh, she's not, she doesn't have any superpowers. I don't know if I'm interested. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing that I wanted to mention at some point in here, so like Bucky meets up, and in, in this, I I love Bucky. I don't know if we needed much from Bucky. like the little bit we got was just like fine, but. Uh, he had a good line. There was a couple of things they mentioned of like switching up our world. And at one point him and Steve are doing something and Steve's like lollygagging around as like Steve does. And uh, Bucky says something to along the lines of like, yeah, like we don't have all day, which I thought was a fun homage to like Steve's whole, you know, I could do this all day. It was a fun little twist on that note. Yeah, and I, I have a feeling like I, I, I don't know where where this goes in the future with, with Bucky, right? I, I don't know if he's in future episodes. I don't know if he has an all episode around him. I, I have no idea. But what I do find interesting is it probably came down to the fact that they did cast Sebastian Stan. He was in the recording studio and they're like, all right, if you're doing this, let's go ahead and fit you into a couple other episodes as well. Like I, I could totally see where they're like, uh, you are totally vital here, but you're here. So why don't you give some lines? We'll fit you. you. Do you think Bucky's just in every episode? Like, it's like something random, right? Like, uh, it, it's like the the episode with uh, Yandu and uh, and uh, T'Challa. And it's like, oh, there's <laughs> there's Bucky in the background getting groceries. And he, like, has some line like, hey, I'm walking here. And it's like, good, good. We got him for the moment. Let's, and, in all seriousness, like, that, 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 that I'm, I could totally see that happening. And I, I do know for certain that Chadwick Boseman is in multiple episodes. And it's probably the same thing there. They're like, look, you're here. Right, we can uh, just go ahead and uh, we'll, we'll fit you in elsewhere. Yeah, no, I agree with you. But yeah, I mean, I think like it's cool that they're they're doing that, that they're utilizing that, that we're seeing people we actually care about. Well, let's talk about let's talk about the big, the kind of the more the climactic battle. Here. Well, I guess first and foremost, we get the, we get this train sequence, which is which is pretty brief again. I think it's like 30 seconds basically, but... Uh, How many times do we need Bucky to mention that he his arm? How many times do we need that little joke there? It was funny the first time, and it was like, hey, be careful with my arm. Oh, man, this could really be dangerous if my arm just got blown off or something. That'd be wild. 
Yeah, it's almost like that might be like the watcher's retelling of the story, right? He's kind of like, uh, he's like just kind of adding in like extra goofs. Yeah, you think the watcher is like, yeah, like he's a big fan of all of the universes, so he like adds those notes in. Like he's he's really there for us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's he's the he's the personification of the fans, really. Yeah, but it was cool, I think, to see Steve basically take on that Bucky role, right? Like Steve goes missing. Yeah, and that was like the, I kind of thought we lost him there for a second. Like it was like again, I'm like. Here we are. We get we get the sexist jokes. We get shooting our heroes. We get like we get like she's uh, Peggy Carter's like breaking legs, right? And uh, and then I was like, dang, we, Steve Rogers is dead. Poor Steve. Yeah, not quite though. But the suit was invincible. Yes. Yeah, and that's what that's what uh, that's what Howard Stark said. That's what it, he that's how he designed it, and he was confident. So yes. Did it seem that he cared more about the suit than he cared about Steve there? A little bit. A yeah. little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he didn't mention Steve, really. It was more so about the suit. Yeah, no, no. He was definitely more upset. Like, he went, you know, he was at Steve's funeral and was, like, really just... Anytime he got a chance to talk to someone about the suit, that was all he was talking about there. Well, again, like, he finds out about the incident. He's like, uh... He's like... Ah. I mean, I thought it was indestructible. Like he's like, and he's more so like pondering like his own skills and like, did I, did I do a good enough job in my suit? Do I need to build a better one? But also this jerk general, right? He's all in on on the Hydra Smasher and was like basically treating it like that was the main hero, not Peggy. He's so mean to Peggy to Captain Carter and like unnecessarily. We need to get this guy removed. Take all of his medals. Yeah, we get this montage with 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 Peggy where she's like kicking butt and like everyone's praising her and she's like flying through planes. Which, by the way, that was an incredible sequence as well. Um, but then you also you get that general like uh, voiceover and he's like he's like talking to somebody on the phone and he's just talking about I've always supported Peggy Carter. She's the best. I'm like, dude, you're a liar. Yeah, we need you're to lying. expose him. And then and then like he immediately flips back later. He's like, I knew this was a bad idea. I'm like, dude. Come on. The worst. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but yes, with all that being said, we will, we will find out that Steve Rogers is still alive. And I, I'm excited to talk about this climactic castle battle scene that we get. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff in here. Uh, one being like, well, Red Skull, Red Skull is, he's not a huge figure in all of this, but we know his connectivity to Captain America, the first Avenger. And like, you kind of, he's kind of being built up as the, as the villain of this episode. And uh, I really love that that he's kind of unceremoniously killed by his own creation. Well, and you almost wonder if, at first while watching it, if he was going to be Red Skull because the whole time we're not seeing him with his with his Red Skull look. And I was like, is he just is he just regular regular guy Red Skull <laughs> like normal Skull <laughs> White Skull White Skull? But uh, and and that's to say that I. I feel like there was a little too much to build up to him, his reveal. It's like we all know you're Red Skull, so why why are we waiting to like the last little bit of this episode to to expose your face? That would be interesting if like it really was, and we're kind of like, well, okay, what's the big deal? Just show your face, and then he finally takes the the skin face off, and he's like Purple Skull. Yeah, or yeah, that's the if, only difference. It's just he's Purple Skull. What if the the nerdy guy? Um, the guy who's like the computer face. What if he became Red Skull in this universe and it was reversed? That would be cool. Tommy, why aren't we hired? Come on, Disney. <laughs> They're listening. We know they are. We know they are. <laughs> but yeah, I, I liked this last battle. The stuff with Steve was great. I think my only gripe, if I have a gripe, I thought the tentacle monster was way less cool than like that moment in the movie where he's like piloting the plane and you're having that conversation with, uh, with uh, Peggy and he's going down in there. I, I just felt like that was a bigger moment than like Steve seeing Peggy get pulled into this, into this portal by the tentacle monster. I, I didn't feel the same emotional pull and I know there was less time and all that other stuff, but um. no, I do feel that. And I like, again, I don't think the tentacle monster was like incredibly like awesome or anything. Um, but Tommy, I'm excited about, I, this is the type of question I like to ask you because I know you have an answer, right? 
what's your theory? What is this? What is this creature? You know, like I went through a, a, a couple of thoughts. You know, there probably is a creature out there that someone online has found. But my thought was mostly just like, I mean, look at Hydra, right? The, Hydra's monster symbol is literally this tentacle monster. Uh, that's kind of what I thought it was. Is like this is the creature that basically established their symbol. This tentacle monster is is Hydra essentially. I am googling uh, Hydra right now just to see exactly what a Hydra is because I did think that you're right. No, that, yeah, it's kind of a tentacle. That that makes sense. That tracks. They do have like bigger. They have like more heads, though. So I mean, yeah, that's, that's the thing with Hydra. It's like right, they're a whole saying like, if you cut one head off, two more appear, three more appear. We we are invincible. Yes, so uh, we get all that and uh, anything else about this this final scene because there is like uh, there's I think there's a lot to talk about with what happens after Peggy gets pulled into the portal. Um, we get a familiar face. I will to backtrack a little. Uh, there yes. is people are assuming that it is possibly a Doctor Strange villain that has been rumored to be in Multiverse of Madness. Uh, Shuma Gorath is his name. So you know that's people are ninety nine percent sure that's the Tentacle Monster. Yeah, and I think that was interesting because it seemed like uh, there was like probably some sort of interdimensional multiverse type portal there. So yeah, I, that that would be that would be cool to get a return there. Um, but yeah, so, uh, so, uh, Peggy gets pulled into the portal and then thrown back out. And there we see Nick Fury and Hawkeye. This was cool. Like, uh, I, I, I was all about this. Like, I, I wasn't expecting, like, like, I, I really, like at this point, I, I, I didn't know how things were going to go. Right. Um, I mean, I guess I would have guessed that, uh, she would have been frozen like Steve Rogers, but instead she's pulled into the portal and she comes out into the future and she meets uh, Nick Fury, just kind of like uh, just when uh, Captain America is unfrozen in the first Avenger at the end, he meets uh, Nick Fury as well. Well, I did like that it was different, right? It was Nick Fury and Hawkeye, and this was the scene. This was the start of the Avengers movie. This is where they're in that tunnel, and Loki comes out with the Tesseract. And I did like that it was a different time that, that she comes out, and I did like that they. it was a scene that we all know, a scene we have experienced, and now we get to see it in a whole different light. So, Tommy, have you watched the trailers for this series? I have not. See, I don't even know if I want to talk about it. But I, I want to I want to frame it like this. Uh, I don't want to say too much. Because uh, my question to you, Tommy, is do you think in any way that these series will, or these episodes, will cross over? No, I don't think so. Um, I think what is going to be the tie-in is the Watcher. Like, maybe they will. And maybe we'll see, like, a Captain Carter part of an Avengers and another. I wouldn't mind that. I just think they shouldn't spend too much time on making sure everything crosses into each other. I'm getting the vibes from this ending that that could possibly be what we're heading towards. And maybe I've lost my mind here, but I, I could see a world where where uh, the final episode of this season is all of these characters coming together and meeting up with Nick Fury. And again, like I, I wouldn't mind that because I'm not putting too much weight on this, but that would just frustrate me with like, what I've been saying in almost every show we cover, both here and Star Wars, not everything needs to be tied into each other. Like, not everything needs to, like, I'm okay with these being each a different multiverse. It doesn't need to be the same one that, like, all oh, this craziness happened in. Um, that's just for me. I'll still enjoy it. I'll still probably think it's cool that they're all together. But I think I would prefer it all to be separate stories. Yeah, and we've done that thing before, right? We've done the gathering the Avengers. Like, uh, we don't need a TV show of like just every like, every t Marvel show we've covered so far has been all right. We're gonna meet this ragtime of people. We're gonna each episode we're gonna get introduced to a new person. By the end, they're all gonna rally together to go against the big bad of the season. Exactly. So uh, there you have it, um, Tommy. That kind of that. I mean, do you have anything else on this episode? 
No, I think we covered it pretty well. Listen, I mean, it's a fun little time. There's tons of Easter eggs. Go back and watch it a couple of times. I watched it twice so far, and I found new things to enjoy each time I watch it. So, yes. So, um, I think I think we're, we have a cool plan for the end of this episode. Kind of a surprise, right? Usually, usually we close out with uh, recommendations, right? And we're nothing's changed. The only difference is Tommy and I have the same recommendation, and we would like to stop down and talk about it for a minute. Yes, and me and Michael have created this this child that we call recommendation. <laughs> we will would like to uh, share it with the world. Yes, and like this is kind of like a creepy, like uh, deformed child that we're presenting to you guys because it's the Suicide Squad, directed by James Gunn. Uh, look, I know, I know what you're thinking. This is a Marvel and Star Wars podcast. What are you doing talking about DC? Look, we get props where props is due. Right. Uh, I think Tommy and I are on the same page that we absolutely love the Suicide Squad and uh, just a breath of fresh air. And obviously there's some connectivity with James Gunn and the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, And uh, I think it had a lot of those vibes, but it was also unique in its own way, too. So. Uh, Tommy, what what are your? How could you recommend this to the audience? Yeah, and I, I don't think I can without spoilers. So listen, if you haven't seen it yet, fast forward like I don't know, like five minutes, and then maybe you'll have to go back. Well, a real little quick, bit. how about this? How about yeah. this? Let's do this. If you haven't seen the Suicide Squad, tune out. But first and foremost, Tommy, I just want you to like, could you say anything to like? Motivate people to see this. All right, yeah. For the people that haven't seen it, the unspoilery, uh, it's very good. If you like Guardians, it's like Guardians. Uh, if he wasn't, if James Gunn wasn't under the constructs of Marvel to have everything tie in and not make it family friendly, it's not family friendly like at all. Um, and I enjoyed it. If you love that humor, if you love James Gunn type humor, you love the movie. Uh, it's very comic booky. Like I, I know James Gunn and Margot Robbie sat down and like their big thing for both of them as for the Harley Quinn character, but just like characters in general was like, listen, why are we all trying to reinvent these characters? We just need to make them like the comics and people will enjoy it. And that's what they did in this movie. Yeah. So uh, totally. We'll, we'll, we'll kick you guys out of here now. Uh, I think the best way to describe it is it is it's Guardians of the Galaxy uh, and Deadpool had a baby. That's what yep. this is. So uh, if that sounds like it's up your alley, go watch it. But if you haven't, uh, yeah, get a, get get on out of here. But if you have, we will be talking about spoilers right now. So, uh, Tommy, yeah, you, what's your spoiler review? All right, good. For everyone that stayed, we now have they're actually... Gone. Now the losers are gone. Yeah. The cool guys can talk. Well, we've actually planted a bomb in each of your heads. Um, <laughs> if you try to leave, if you try to leave, we will. Uh, man! What a crazy movie. I don't know if I was – I'm definitely super high on it. I'll, I'll say that straight up, and I don't know if it's because of the experience I had. So I went to a theater, and I had the 4D experience, and it was wild. It felt like a party. All of us were hanging out. Like I was talking to the person next to me, and he's like, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably say some stuff while I'm watching this. I'm like, yeah, do your thing. And he's like freaking out the whole time, which made me freak out more because you're just like – you're in a pot of four. And you're like moving in the different, but each movement is isn't just like it's moving. It's it's very key to what's happening on screen. There's water squirting at you. Uh, the ending was terrifying to jump way far ahead. All those rats, they had this little thing that would hit you in the legs to act like they were like critters crawling oh, no. on you. It was so scary, <laughs> but it really like uh, for me, it heightened the experience. I felt like I was fully in it. Um, justice for Weasel, even though he'll be back. I loved Weasel. I love the Weasel Muppet walk. Like, it's my favorite thing. And they made each character have heart. And my, I saw some people saying they didn't have heart. I very disagree. Ratcatcher 2 really uh, touched my heart, the heartstrings with, like, that whole end speech with her dad. Um, and, like, everyone else, I hated Flag in the first movie. And I, like, was pretty upset when what happened to him happened. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm on board. I, I'm with you. I, I did, like, I, I don't think it, like, it's not a, I, I think the best way I could describe it was it's weird that this is one of the best DC movies of all time, but it also couldn't crack my top 10 Marvel movies, you know? Like, it, I feel like it's not better than the 10 best Marvel movies, but it's still, like, one of the best DC movies, probably only behind The Dark Knight. 
See, I think I disagree. There's okay. so many. I feel like Marvel for me got very formulatic. It's very cookie cutter sometimes. I'm not saying this didn't have a lot of cliches because there were definitely ty- like the whole Harley escape scene. I mean, I saw that coming a mile away that like, I'm like, all right, she's going to already be gone and they're going to come up to try to like save Well, that's her. in the trailer, by the way. Uh, oh, I, I didn't again, see I, it. This is like the benefit of you not watching trailers is that whole joke is in the trailer. So. Oh, gotcha. Was, yeah. yeah, so it's annoying. Watching it though, like I was like, this is clearly what's going to go on. Um, but it was still so fun. Like, I think this is the best version of Harley we've seen. Uh, still loved Amanda Waller. I've heard some people say that they, they they thought that Waller, the Waller that we have in the comics, would not put up with the amount of shenanigans that happened in that office. I don't know. I think it was fun to have the contrast between the two. You have them making bets on who's going to die. <laughs> uh and and her being like all right like i'm literally gonna blow these people's heads up now so i will take exception with some of the things that you've said first and foremost i don't think this is the best harley quinn we've ever gotten and maybe that's one of my issues because which I one do you think i think the birds of prey harley quinn is the best harley quinn um and I think it comes, and it's from the jokes that she has in that movie. I think she has a lot more touching, like, role in the movie. I think she has better action in that movie. I think she was kind of sidelined in this movie. I agreed. And that's, I guess, where, to me, these are two different arguments. I think she, that was her own movie, right? So, like, you know, it was like Birds of Prey. That was Harley Quinn. Yeah. And so she had more time to, to, it was basically all her. I do agree with you in this. She was sidelined but I think the sideline version was so crisp. Like I didn't think her being sideline didn't change the actual character. Now, did she have less time on the screen and did she have less moments? hundred percent. So I, I do agree with you on that. I guess it's like, I think birds of prey gave her more time to shine and she's shown well. Cause I think it's basically the same version that we have here. There's some slight changes that they made in this version, but Birds of Prey was definitely a good version. I don't want to say that that Harley was not good. And you're right. It's probably an unfair comparison. But uh, I want to say my my favorite thing about this movie and and James Gunn in general is the way he subverts expectations, right? Um, And there's three major points where he does this. The first one being uh, when we we get the initial Suicide Squad storming the beach and they're all like A-list actors and they get killed off unceremoniously. Again, that's not something I was expecting. Like I knew a lot of them were going to die, but not that quickly and in that in that way. Um, and then the next would be when uh, Harley Quinn kills the dictator of this uh, this 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 country. That was another one. Like I thought he was being built built up to be like the big bad. Um, and there was another one I was going to say. I can't remember what it was now. But yeah, there was another one that was on the top of my head too. Um, <laughs> Try and think of it quickly. Yeah. Oh, uh, when they were going through the camp. I mean, that's yes, one yes, right, that's... Up, right away. I knew it. I was like, oh, no, these are the good guys. Like, I knew right away. I was like, guys, no. Not a one of them had a weapon or even tried to fight back. That's like the crazy part. They're like and sleeping it... and like taking baths and like hanging out, playing cards. And I really like John Cena in this. Like, I get why they're making a Peacemaker show because he is the most complicated character that we really didn't get any growth from it but he was it was so funny like he is a good comedic actor and he he has those dramatic moments like when he killed flag like he showed a lot in just his actions like you could tell he did kind of liked flag he didn't want to do that but he felt like he had to you know yeah, I was not familiar with Peacemaker before this. Um, and, and when I heard about, like, I, I'd seen the cast, I've seen the trailer, and then I find out we're getting this Peacemaker TV show. And I'm like, is he really, like, the one you want to make a TV show about? Like, like look, look at this cast. Like, there's so many great standouts. Like, we're doing, like, the Captain America guy show. Like, is this really? But no, I think he's way more dynamic than that. I think he does have, like, that, uh, he's, like, fighting for justice. But he has, like, that darker edge to him as well. He has yeah. that line where he's, like, uh, I love peace with all my heart, and I will kill any man, woman, and child to get it. And uh, yeah, so he's very well, fascinating. And one of the things I like came to the realization with afterwards was like I was kind of annoyed at first when I saw the cast of like uh, Peacemaker and Bloodsport are essentially the same character, and they're essentially Deadshot. Like this is really annoying. But when I thought about it more, I'm like, no, there's a specific reason why Waller picked them. Because if you think about it, now that we know the realization that Peacemaker had a whole different mission essentially peacemaker was picked specifically because she knew he was 
<laughs> dumb enough, but like he was the only person that would actually do that. And she knew that he would make sure it got done, that that information didn't get out. Uh, but specifically needed Bloodsport because Bloodsport's a leader. Peacemaker's not a leader. So like when I came to that realization, it made me like it way more because it, it did. Like she needed both of them, even though they had the same powers. And there was that joke about like, you guys do the same thing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was uh, uh, yeah. I mean, this is like every once in a while, there's there's a there's a superhero movie that just really stands out from the rest, and uh, th- this is a very very special movie. Um, so I, again, I don't understand how much I, I I had a good time. Like, okay, I saw this in a Dolby theater, which like when it comes to like screen size, kind of a step down from IMAX, but when it comes down from from an audio experience, it doesn't get better than that. Like. You can feel the sounds in this movie, and I think it's like, like I can't imagine. Maybe 4D would have been better, but I can't imagine like a better way to watch this. Like it was, yeah, uh, yeah. The music, everything is awesome. And the the soundtrack was. I mean, James Gunn is great with his soundtracks, and I thought this soundtrack was pretty good. Yeah, it's interesting to me because what it sounds. So the way this movie came about was James Gunn was fired by Disney from Guardians of the Galaxy three. And he was immediately hired by by DC to and what they told him is you can make whatever you want, whatever you want to do, you can do it and we will we will sign up for it. And this is what he chose. And, and, and from what I've heard in interviews and like following him on Instagram, he said some stuff. But basically, he had no limits. He could do whatever he wanted. He could cast whoever he wanted and he could kill whoever he wanted. So, uh, again, like. This is like, yeah, I get like when you say he had no limitations, like this was James Gunn unleashed in the best possible ways. And the thing too, like James Gunn is very predictable, but like I love it. Like the fact that like there is multiple James Gunn's big thing is like taking these like almost dumb characters, like making bigger deals. Like, I'm sorry, I will die for Milton. I loved that whole joke. I loved because I was thinking about it. I watched. So Milton was this like random driver they had, and I was watching it, and I'm like, he's still there. Like they're doing that like team up walking down in the fog, which was like, by the way, awful in 4D because it's like pouring in the movie, right? So they're just spraying this water on you. Oh no. Um, but I was like, Milton, why are you still there? <laughs> yeah, no, like there's a point where they're like gearing up for the mission and they're like getting their guns, and like you see Milton there and he like pumps a shotgun. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you're not even you're not even technically a driver. They just told you to drive, and now you're sitting here pumping a shotgun about to go into action. So good. And the fact that it kept coming up like it was like part of the heart like Harley and Blood Sports connection. Like that was so funny to me in Polka Dot Man. But like like all the characters are basically nobodies, right? And and I do like other than like Harley and a couple others, but like he does that of taking these different characters and you can tell what he finds amusing. Like the amount of times they showed Weasel because you know he thought that was so funny. Like Weasel's derpy face or like uh, King Shark. King Shark was so good. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, uh, I, like I kind of looked at this as like a quick recap, but like we haven't even scratched the surface of like these incredible characters. Yeah. Like Ratcatcher was one that was a huge surprise to me. I did not expect that character to like get me as much as they did. Hook on that man was hilarious, but King Shark like stole the show. Like it almost in like like a very it's like kind of like the Charlie Brown of the Suicide Squad. Like always getting the ball taken away. I was gonna be so upset if something happened to him when the jellyfish started attacking him. I'm like, oh no, not like <laughs> this. I was like, he just wanted a friend. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I could talk all day about this movie. It, it really is, like, go out and watch it. Uh, people probably came back because I told them five minutes. We definitely talked longer. So hopefully they left again. But, yeah, it, it really is a fun movie. I, I get what you're saying. Like, I don't know. I will say, like, I was like, oh, maybe I won't watch it again. But, like, right now I want to watch it because it was just a funny movie. I'm probably going to watch it tonight. Like, I, I got to rewatch it. <laughs> And, and we got Starro. We got a giant starfish on our screens. That's wild. The one thing, like, since that squad probably shouldn't have been able to defeat Starro because, like, the whole Justice League, like, barely defeats Starro. So, like, we're not, well, we won't talk about that. <laughs> yeah, no, I just thought that was, like, a really cool concept. Like, again, just absolutely, like, when it comes to, like, I, I know that is, like, an actual thing in the comics, 
But when it comes to like cinematic storytelling, just an absolute like original spectacle of like this giant starfish that that leaks out smaller starfish that like suck onto their faces and like mind control. Like it's just so wacky. It's, it's almost it's perfect. Well, in his last line was so like this is the thing that he did, James Gunn did good with a villain story was maybe our villains aren't as two dimensional as we think they are. Like his last line is basically like Star. They are like I was much happier floating in this in this space. They didn't want this life. America took the took Starro, brought them into this, and then they got murdered for it. It was an interesting commentary. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of stuff in there, really. That's uh, again, like a lot about like uh, kind of like the the criminal justice system, even. And it's more of an undertone, but like there's there is some like serious stuff in there. So, uh, yeah, all about this movie. So, um, yeah. I, anything else on the Suicide Squad, Tommy? Nope, I think that's it. I mean, I could talk all day, and if anyone do, you wants need to... a Suicide Squad too. It's three, I guess, right? Because yeah, yeah, they're technically, yeah, yeah. But I, uh, I would like it. I personally, I love James Gunn in Marvel doing the Guardian stuff. I think after he wraps up Guardians, I would like to see him do more DC stuff. I think they need the help. I think he fits that R-rated stuff that it seems like they're willing to go. Um, I don't know where he fits in the Marvel world now. You know, they had that falling out and like he was essentially supposed to become the next Russo's. Like that was the mindset going into before all the drama came out about him. Um, he was being like, he was very heavily involved in infinity wars and was like a, like a consultant on that. And uh, I don't know where he goes next. Honestly, here, here's my opinion. Um, Set James Gunn free of these universes. Let him make original content with high budget stuff just like this. Well, I agree with that. Like, if James Gunn wants to make his own stuff, let him go make his own stuff. I was going to say, I think he can make both. I don't think DC Marvel, let's like set you down. Let's have a nice little tea party and have a conversation because, like, I I, I don't see the issue of him just going back and forth and directing both. I don't know if they'll let him do it, though. And I don't see the issue of a Harley Quinn Groot uh, uh, crossover movie. I mean, well, like, come on, we can make it happen. I don't know if I could handle that. Like, how? What do we? It's basically just King Shark, Groot. You know, like. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe uh, I don't know. Like, it would. Does uh, Star Lord Starlight going to come in and be like her next lover? Yeah, I just need to see more Harley. I I really like the Harley character, especially in Suicide Squad. But then, uh, briefly, I, I've been watching the Harley Quinn animated show, and I really like what they do with that character and the idea of like once she's away from Joker, because like Harley's big thing is Joker for the most of the comics when she was first introduced, because she was introduced in the animated series, the Batman animated series, and her whole thing was just she's in love with Joker. Everything she does is to to impress Joker. And once she gets away from that, which is basically animated, the Harley Quinn animated series, it's like finally her finally breaking up with Joker and getting over that, that love that she thought she had. And it, it's an interesting storyline for Harley. I really liked, and they kind of did that here with the president. Like when she was like, which was a funny scene, but in suicide squad, when she was like, Hey, I I've said, if I ever see a man with red flags, I'm going to murder him <laughs> like this. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's good. Um, all right, Tommy, I think we I think we covered it pretty well. Um, we'll be back. We'll do this again next week. More what if? Uh, yeah. I'm excited to see what else this, this show has in store. Yeah, and uh, listen, there's news out there. Go find uh, it. There's there's stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we give you news when we're ready to give you news. When yeah, we just covered suicide. There there is stuff. There's some Marvel stuff. There's there's stuff that's happened, but nothing you know. I mean, nothing groundbreaking. Though. Yeah, yeah, go look for it. Yeah, it's just it's, more of the same, like more Shangli like information out there, more She Hulk uh, yeah. information out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right, so we'll wrap it up here. I want to give big thank yous to Aaron Robertson who does our music to kick us off here. Ethan Kellum who does our awesome logo. Um, I also like to remind you guys to rate us and review us on iTunes as we're entering a new show, guys. Look, 
uh, we might like attract a different type of audience or a different group of people that maybe maybe they only watch animated stuff or or maybe they're like new Marvel fans. Um, the start of a new season of coverage is an important time to rate us and review us. So if you haven't done that, please please do it. It, it would mean a lot. Um, also subscribe because we're gonna do it every single week. Um, and look, if, if you got any friends that you think are interested, tell them to hop on board and uh, and they'll join our little Star Wars family. So. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Start Wars Pod, and ask us for a Discord link. Because again, uh, we're a family here, and uh, we have a little community of people that chat together. So, um, but that's all we got for you guys. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye.